So far this week in Project 70, we get our third player autograph of a player that we have not seen since the third day this set started. But has this set gone to the birds? But I think this is our latest candidate right now for card printing under 1,000. She will maintain her lead over Vin Baller, but if Baller outsells by a couple of thousand copies, that means Vin Baller will move into the number two slot from top performing artists. And just like that, we have a new lowest printed card in the set with that Sparky Anderson by Fuji. That number comes in at a very, very low 840, which means if you're foil chasing in that card, if you bought 10, which I don't think many of us did, you were gonna hit a foil once out of every 12 base cards. But welcome to episode number 43 of the Project 70 Show. My name is Chris, otherwise on Twitter and Instagram is at CRT underscore sports cards and my website crtsportscards.com is your number one resource for everything related to project 70 and if you want to see more foil odds check out the website check out the checklist because for every base card that releases i have those foil odds on the website and so while you're checking out those foil odds from last week's releases also take a look at the pricing for last week when it comes to first artist cards their base and their foil counterparts the big question mark headed into last weekend was, would that Shohei Otani by Tyson Beck maintain the number one spot or would Ronald Acuna by Alex Pardee get back to number one? That Tyson Beck card did drop in value, now down to $72, but it did hold off the Acuna. That comes in at $69. The most interesting thing here of 72 versus 69 is how they got there. The Tyson Beck card just sold one more compared to the week before. Six copies versus five. But on that Acuna by Alex Pardee, all the way up to 52 copies sold versus 39 last week. So we're seeing a card that has a near 15,000 print run pick up steam on the secondary market and also gain value. So we will see what happens over the next seven days with those two cards. We'll see if Acuna can make it back to the number one spot. But other things have also transpired over the past seven days on the secondary market that I thought were relevant for tonight's show. When you talk about the golds, look, we're always chasing golds and we're always chasing foils in our packages. Some people buy 10 cards for every card, some people buy five, some people just buy one because they like the artist or the player. But what are some of the most recent gold sales out there? One of them last week was, I think to me, absolutely shocking when you think about how high this card printed. So in total, there were three golds that came off the board last week. And we're gonna start from a high to low because the lowest one was the most shocking to me. But card number 15, that is King Saladin's very first one. That is his red Bryce Harper comes off the board. 2,450. To me, that's a very, very strong number, but it also is Bryce Harper's first card. It is King Saladin's first card. The print run is just over 3,000. So 2,450 is a very, very nice sale. Who knows if that card's gonna go up in value, but from a $15, $20 investment at the beginning to flip for over two grand, very, very nice. On the middle here, we had Adrian Beltre, his pose, which at one time was the lowest printed card in the set, which has now been replaced, of course, by the Sparky Anderson. Comes off the board at just over a grand, $1,025. The trick here with this card is this. Look, it didn't sell that well in the 70-hour buying window. So when you had a print run here of just 1,011, we don't expect to have the gold sell that well or the foils because they're just easier to find. But to have that card sell for over grand, I think is a very, very nice sign for the set. 
But the one that shocked me the most, and maybe this is a mistake on the seller perspective, or maybe this was a mistake the seller didn't mean to accept this offer, but the Lauren Taylor Bo Jackson, somebody listed that card up for a buy it now, best offer at one grand, and they accepted an offer at $800. That is a card that sold just under 7,000 copies, 6717 to be exact. And for someone to let that card go for under a grand, I think is just a massive mistake. But if you were the buyer of that card at $800, very, very nice job. Hopefully you're able to flip this card. If you're not a collector, you saw the opportunity. But if you're a Bo Jackson or Lauren Taylor collector and you got that card for 800 bucks, fantastic job because that to me is the steal of the week. And so while those gold sales will always be few and far between because there's only one per release, the rainbow foils, of course, are more prevalent because there are 70 per release. And so we're going to get a better indication of where the market is when you take a look at the foil pricing. And so I took a look at Terapeak over the past seven days, a very blanket search. You know, I really wish I could provide foil pricing for every single card on the website. It's not humanly possible because I do manual searches on Sunday for the first artist cards. But this was also gonna kind of answer the in the moment question is, should you be foil chasing or not foil chasing on Project 70 release days? There were 148 sales on these foil cards this week and the average value came in at just $154. So if you're a person out there who is buying 10 cards per release to try to foil chase, you're basically losing money when it comes to getting these foils if you do happen to find one, yes, you can find examples out there of card selling for three, 400 bucks. The Jackie Robinson by Risk sold for the highest amount last week, just under $400, $399.99, but that is the exception to the norm. And so while we have player autographs on our mind because we finally get the second Vladimir Guerrero Jr. card in Project 70 with an autograph courtesy, of Jeff Staple, we do and we should check in on how is the secondary pricing going for Jared Kalanick after his recent demotion back to AAA. And look, I'm a Mariners fan. I hate to see the fact that he struggled, but this kid's gonna rake at the end of the day. He's going to be great. But recently, that card has come down from 400 down to $300. The recent sale on March or May 24th was just over 300 bucks. And remember, if you're about to pluck down a couple hundred bucks on a Guerrero on eBay, be careful because the buying or the shipping window is 12 to 15 weeks. So make sure you're buying from a reputable seller because it's gonna be very hard to get your money back if that seller does not deliver on their goods. But as a base card, as just a very, very basic $20 base card for Project 70, does this card deliver the goods? If you're a fan of Guerrero and you're a fan of faces, this card does not deliver for you. It gets the back of his jersey, it gets him hitting maybe a home run, maybe a single, maybe a double, who really knows? But the coolest thing for me on the card is the background, and this is where I have to do a better job when it comes to all of these artist collaborations in this set. Of course, Jeff Staple just finished up his five card subway series, but the background of the card, the real feather design is not from Jeff Staple. That is courtesy of a Belgium artist named Adele Renault. And so I really, really hope you check out her Instagram page. There is just some amazing artwork on her page that she does. And so it's gonna be interesting to see if Jeff Staple continues this bird theme, this feather theme, and if he continues 
to employ other artists to enhance his artwork. But I will say this, it is fantastic to see another young player in the set. Even though we have seen Guerrero in the set, it is about time we get more Guerrero and we need to see a father and son card. Who is going to be the first artist to put out that very, very famous three-year-old Guerrero Jr. with Senior in Montreal? And so while that card is going to make a lot of people happy, that is, of course, not my number one or number two card this week so far in the set. And of course, I'm not even collecting Jeff Staple. I'm not collecting Guerrero. Um, I may be collecting animal cards in Project 70. And of course, if you are collecting the animal subset series, does this card qualify? Or does this card not qualify for that subset series? But the three cards that made me the most excited this week really made me question my continued focus of completing artist sets in Project 70. Yes, a few weeks ago I spoke about the fact that we could collect the set in a unique way. We could also be using the blank guard test. But here is something I really had to fight with myself over the past couple of days. Once I learned FDOT was releasing a Francisco Lindor card using Back to the Future as the reference material. I myself have never seen Back to the Future. So those references in this card I knew would be way over my head and I wouldn't get it. I'm also not a Mets fan unless you talk about the Mets trading Kellnick to the Mariners for Cano and Diaz, and I'm not even a Lindor fan, so this card automatically had three strikes against it. The only positive was it was being designed by FDOT. But then FDOT goes and releases a Francisco Lindor card without a hat, and it made me completely change my perspective. I was really seriously thinking about, do I not buy this card? Do I not pick it up? Because I do want to buy every single horizontal card and I do want to buy every card without a hat on and I know adding those two collections to my actual collection now is going to increase my spending and so I have to make some difficult decisions and the first one I was going to be faced with faced with was this F. Francisco Lindor but thank you F. for not putting a hat on Lindor it is a this was an automatic buy for me and also I hope Everybody loves this card because you've got Coming to America, you've got Back to the Future, you've got some personal references here from FDOT. There are a lot of great things going on with this card, but for me personally, I love it because Lindor does not have a hat on. And if you really want to get deep and personal here, when you go back to my videos that this time last year around Project 2020, I was always wearing one or two or three different Mariner hats in all the videos. So maybe there's something really deep ingrained into me into celebrating people not wearing a hat anymore when it comes to how I present my videos now, but that's a whole other topic altogether. But these next two cards are also an interesting way that I'm continuing to collect the set and they also really epitomize why I'm such a big believer in collecting the set in a unique way. When you take a look at Josh Gibson by Chuck Styles and you take a look at Mookie Betts by Tyson Beck, these are two artists that I have not really collected this year. I've only purchased one of each of their cards. I have not purchased really any Mookie Betts cards because they're Mookie Betts. I bought cards because of other artists. And also Josh Gibson. I did, of course, buy the F. Josh Gibson card, but this is a combination here that I just really maybe I would not be that interested in if I was strictly focused in on the artist. But because they released horizontal cards for me, they were automatic buys and it continues to give me 
a fresh look at some of these cards because I know if I was not looking for these unique ways to collect this set, I would miss the fact that Tyson Beck released his very, very first horizontal card. And I will tell you, the card fits very well with the image you use of Mookie Betts. You can find cards at times that are horizontal or vertical that don't really fit the image. They kind of were squeezed in the wrong way. But this Mookie Betts by Tyson Beck, it fits. It fills up the entire card. And so I think this card displays very, very well. And then on the Chuck Styles, you cannot go wrong with either of his last couple of releases when it comes to Larry Doby and now, of course, to Josh Gibson. And simply put, it is because more people need to hear those names more people, myself included, need to learn about Larry Doby, need to learn about what Josh Gibson did. And of course, there is a massive momentum right now, a massive campaign around trying to get the MVP award named after Josh Gibson. And also, if you've been on Twitter here recently and you've been seeing a bunch of card art of Josh Gibson and wondering what is going on, we thought that maybe only Project 70 was the only really card art game in the business. No. There is a massive Josh Gibson card art tournament going on right now that I am trying to get uh, caught up on because I've seen so much great, work out, great artwork out there that I had to figure out what was going on. So watch this space. I'll talk about it here in the more in the future. But in the meantime, check out nlbmart.com for all of the details and you can see all of the great artwork out there right now for this Josh Gibson tournament. So while those were my favorite cards so far this week, there were four other cards that released and I do not want to forget about them even though I could talk about the first four forever. We had Chinatown Market releasing the very first Jackie Robinson Sense card, 126. So we nearly went 140 cards without a Jackie Robinson. We're still without a Mike Trout card. When will that streak end? But here it is. Chinatown Market, this of course, as you know, an artist that I have not necessarily connected with, but this Jackie Robinson I do really like, but it's because I'm a Jackie fan more than a Chinatown Market. So while I'm finding it easier and easier giving up on maybe an artist set here and there, I cannot give up on a Jackie set. So no matter what artist releases Jackie Robinson, for me, it is an automatic buy. And so now that leaves us just with a Randy, with a Mickey, and a Daryl. I will tell you straight out of the three, the Daryl Strawberry is my favorite card. It is a fun card. You cannot do anything but smile when you see Daryl Strawberry eating a strawberry. And this, of course, is from Claw Money. Her most recent card was that Aaron Judge. The question always with Claw Money's cards is how are they going to sell? Will this card top over 1,000? I think right now it is in question but that doesn't matter if you're a fan of Claw Money. So while that Daryl may come in a little low compared to recent print runs, these next two cards will not come in low. We know the fans behind Blake Jamison are going to keep this Randy Arosarena card rather high. I do like the fact that Blake continues to keep his backgrounds contrasting from the card. You think back to his Buster Posey from 71 Tops, blue and black. This of course now is purple and brown from 68 tops. So if you're a fan of solid colors, this card is going to work for you from Blake Jameson. But now taking a look at the Brittany Palmer Mickey Mantle, my last question mark on her card was, where where's the link of these cards? I'm not necessarily seeing them linked together, but now seeing the Mickey Mantle, you can start to see this set coming together. Even though 
The Jim Palmer Pac-Man card is kind of out there in left field. You are starting to see these cards come together from A-Rod to Mookie Betts and now to Mickey Mantle and not forgetting, of course, the Babe Ruth. But the question I have here is on Mickey Mantle and Topps Project 70. When is too much of a good thing a bad thing? We are continuing to see print runs drop lower and lower for some of these top artists. Has the luster worn out on Mickey Mantle? But regardless of where this card ends up on the print run scale, has this set gone to the birds? Absolutely not. Even though there is a pigeon wing on the Vladimir Guerrero. But you know what? I want to celebrate that card. I want to give it away for free. But first, congrats Paul D for winning my last recent giveaway from last Tuesday's episode. But here is how you qualify to win that Vladimir Guerrero. Number one, you must be subscribed to the channel. So if you're not, hit that subscribe button. Number two, leave your print run guests below in the comments. The person nearest the print run without going over will win that Vladimir Guerrero free for me. With that, have a fantastic week and I'll see you back on Friday night for episode number 44 of the Project 70 Show.